We're about to kick off the all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by fine sponsors like Bridge City Comics, uh, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. Bridge City Comics has all your comic book wants and needs. If they don't have it and it's in print, they can order it for you. Uh, so, yeah, just, yeah, you can always ask to order any book that's still available. Just, you know, make sure you pick it up because they have to pay up front to get it. Um, and, you know, Bridge City Comics doesn't have just superhero stuff because comics, as we've always said, is a medium, not a genre. So any kind of genre you might be into, Bridge City Comics is going to have it. Uh, and when you're in there, thank them for being such a loyal sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. It actually means a lot when they hear that from folks like you. So, uh, yeah, when you're in there picking up your comic books, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. And then we've just got one more shout-out, of course, to Guardian Games, our longest sponsor, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. We actually have some pretty exciting news coming up about Guardian Games, but we're going to save that until a little bit later in the month or maybe next month. Uh, but they have all your gaming needs. They have a cool new layout now that kind of separates the in-store gaming area from the shopping area. So it kind of cuts down on the noise for both sides. And, you know, I always feel bad when I'm like, you know, bent over trying to go through a mini selection and my big old butt just smacks into someone who's trying to get more blood for the blood god. It's just awkward all around. And <laughs> it's not awkward anymore. So uh, check out the all-new layout at Guardian Games. It is fantastic. Uh, check out all the new games whenever you walk in right up front. You'll see all the new games that just came in. Um, like a... Uh, a DM-less game I just saw there called Starcrossed. If you are missing your our flag means death itch and goodness, uh, I do believe you can recreate a lot of that fun and uh, awkward romance with uh, Starcrossed. So check it out. That's just one of the many games you'll find at Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon, a proud and longtime sponsor of Geek in the City Radio, which we're going to kick off now. It's been a long, long week. Spend some time with geeks. So many issues a day into which we must delve. We're gonna talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert. We're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 642 of Geek in the City of Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Spinarita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. How's it going, everyone? Uh, my back hurts! Yay! I also want to confirm with our listeners on Twitch that I, due to a typo, it really isn't issue 6,421. It is issue 642. Someone just wanted six six four twenties. I guess. <clears throat> I got nothing. No. 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 no it's not. I don't do that. I got nothing. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. You know, having our second winter, having our second winter here in Portland, which is third. Third this is this is third winter. It's third winter. You're right. Yeah, followed by mud. Oh, that's right. We're coming and, up on mud season. And then spring. And not the fun mud. No. Not like the Harcourt Fenton mud, but like gross mud. How did I know you were going to take it there? 
because I'm me and you're you. Mm-hmm. And it's this show. And that like Mississippi mud, which is dessert, right? That's not a thing. I think you're dessert. thinking of a Mississippi mudslide, which is a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a dessert, it's basically a dessert with booze in it. Okay. I was yeah. laughing because um, my, um, my my friend uh, Melanie, uh, whose husband listens to the show, so hi David. Um, my friend Melanie, her brother in law, whose name is also David, um, he is a man in his sixties, maybe seventies. He has this like big, oh manly, like mustache that feeds into it. Just a, an okay beard. It's just like a regular beard, but the mustache is really the thing about it, right? And he's a mechanic. He owns his own business, and he's kind of a sourpuss and like swears too much. He's just like a very like classic dude. But when he drinks, he only ever drinks things like Mike's hard lemonades <laughs> or when he goes to a bar, he will order uh mudslides. And and other like like ice cream with like a liqueur type, you know, like girl drink drunk drinks. I mean, ice cream drinks are, you know, they're pretty great. I can't knock them. I've lived in the the girl drink drunk uh, camp for years, so I certainly can't <laughs> throw any stones. It's just so funny because he doesn't like you expect a guy like him to want like a boiler maker or something, right? Because he's just so like classic dude. Uh, what but the yeah, hell he only... is a boiler maker, by the way? With a pint of beer and a shot of whiskey. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a beer and a shot. But you put it's... the shot in the beer, right? That's yeah, you the, drop it in like thing. a yeah. like, okay. well. I, I've seen it both ways because uh, if you drop it in, that's technically a bomb drink. Uh, but I think the more traditional way of serving that is side by side. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's side by side. Okay. So yeah, it's so a beer and a shot. So the classier it's a pretentious name, waves. Yeah. <clears throat> I, you say classy, I say pretentious. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it is a it is a pretentious way to order two alcoholic beverages at one time. So it's history it's though. Actually, doing it. It's history actually comes from the people who worked in factories and boilers, and that at the end of the day, it was so like shitty that as soon as you showed up at the bar, they tossed you a shot, you shot it, and then when you were done, they handed you a beer, so then you could then kind of chill and relax. So, sounds pretentious, but apparently has very humble, humble roots. Yeah. See, perfect. It sounds like the perfect drink for a mechanic at the end of his day. That's true. I mean, yeah. look, I went through and, my hardcore. Instead, he gets mudslides. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> mudslides are delicious. <laughs> no, but like exclusively, he drinks, you know, quote unquote, girl drinks. That's like a lot it's, of. That's, it's more sugar and calories than it is. That's alcohol, what I was gonna say, man. Like, like that's that's a lot more calories in your drink. And if you can get drunk on mudslides, I feel like you're gonna like be sick from dairy before the alcohol ever takes you down. I know, like yep. that's a lot of dairy. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, like I said, that's like going out when you any place where there is a bar, he is going to order, you know, something like a mudslide or or similar, like elaborate to prepare drinks with actually very little alcohol at home it's stuff like hard lemonade 
Hey, I mean, the dude likes what he likes. I mean, no, yeah, I mean, like he's not embarrassed by it, or you know, like whatever. He's not gonna like try to impress me by drinking whiskey with me. He's just, yeah. he likes I mean, what he likes. It's just funny. No, I, I mean, I, I didn't I think saw... that you were throwing shade. Like you're not trying to shame him at all. It is just, it's an amusing parody. Oh yeah, and um, I, I've, I've told him, you know, to his face, like this is so strange. Like, this yeah, is not I mean, what one expects. Yep, it's a funny combination. I mean, everyone kind of has their like. I don't want to say shame cocktail because that's not right. But like everyone has that one cocktail that no one thinks they're a big fan of kind of thing. I, I think that I think this is where guilty pleasure truly applies. I guess that's, so. That's, I think that's a good uh, good term for it. What are your guilty pleasure drinks? All right. So I have a couple. One of them are like just the most fruity like zombie or tiki drink you can have where like you don't even taste the booze but i want all the umbrellas i want all of the things sticking out of it uh but my other one which i haven't had in a long time and i've been craving them is i me and what's his name from scrubs i love myself an apple teeny i don't (laughs) care and you should see the faces you get when you go to the rose and thistle here in portland and you order an apple teeny because I used to do that a lot when I worked at Suncoast at Lloyd Center. Oh, I'll bet. They're uh, delicious. I think mine would definitely... Mine would be the pina colada. Mm. Um, I like I like those flavors. And it is definitely a fruity, frou-frou drink. Mm-hmm. Like, which is like at the opposite end of my very pretentious uh, drink. Which is the... Uh, absinthe and uh, root beer whoa wait a minute what an absinthe and root beer highball i have never whoa. had absinthe and root beer how do, i'm trying to there was a bar uh, uh on the ankeny tunnel uh here in old town chinatown mm-hmm. that is now like has been five different bars since uh Merrick and i went there years ago it was somewhat aviation themed and we went in there for drinks one night, and on the menu was an absinthe and root beer highball, and I went, the fuck is this? Um, oh. it, is, it was perfect. Like, at least I thought it was perfect. Like, it is, it is very good. It's incredibly good. The, um, the anise in absinthe uh, melds perfectly with the root beer. The flavors, yeah, the flavor profiles lock over um, really good. But then, hmm. like, then I went, like, places and would order it off the, because it's like, it's like, hey, can I order off the menu? They're like, sure, I'd like this. And they'd look at me like, the fuck is, sure, okay, weirdo. Um, but then I did that at um, the the Guilt Club, which oh. folks will remember used to be in Old Town Chinatown. Uh-huh. Uh, just, just, I still really miss that bar. I it miss that bar It was a really good lot. bar. Bean, you would have liked that bar. I think it closed before your time. Yeah, I don't. I this is the first time I've ever even heard mention of it. So um, it is now the, uh, it is currently Stone Soup. Oh, that's where the Guilt Club used to be. Mm-hmm. Like it was on our block. It was a main. Do first Thursday. Do Guilt Club. Yeah, oh like, man! That oh sounds... yeah. Um, uh, the staff technically work uh, for Peter Parker way back in the day. Yeah, they did. 
Yeah. So, uh, a uh, they, they got drawn into some issues of Spider-Man. Yeah. As did we. <laughs> As did we, yeah. Um, but I, I mentioned this to one of the bartenders, uh, Colin, I think his name was. Um, and he's like, I don't have absinthe and I don't have root beer. I'll be right back. And he brings me this other drink. And it's like, well, this is this is the same flavor profile, but this is far superior. Like, and it's a, what is the other licorice liquor that's not absinthe? Uzo? Uh, Not Uzo. Uh, Begins with an F. Fernet? No. uh, Yes, yes, it was. Is it Fernet? No. Not Frangelico. No, No, not Frangelico. That's like a coffee, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it's Frenette. Sambuca and is made with uh, star anise. It wasn't Sambuca. I, I believe it was Frenette. It was Frenette and a soda by um, Fentimins called Ooh, Fentimins. Dandelion and Burdock Root. Mm. Oh, damn. Um, Sounds tasty. Which is the most pretentious version of root beer ever. <laughs> uh, so he put these two together as a highball. It's like, yep, that's this is the only thing that's going to be better, and they were the only place that ever served it. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that Phantom in soda either. I mean, I've seen, but with not that flavor. I mean, so here's why: um, it disappeared at the beginning of the pandemic and has never returned. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe that the dandelion and burdock root soda by Fentimins was a casualty and a very unexpected casualty <laughs> of COVID. So fuck you, COVID. You took that's, away that's... my favorite. One of, one of the few joys in this world. <laughs> yep. Um, like I like so very little things and that was one of them. So <clears throat> like my guilty pleasure cocktail is probably a lemon drop. Mm. I also can really, oh, really mm. get down on a cosmopolitan, but I don't think that that's like a guilty pleasure. It's just it's like good. A, but what's a lemon in the drop cosmopolitan? Is like oh my god, we're gonna have this conversation again. It's um it's vodka and cranberry, cranberry juice, right? Not just because otherwise that's just a vodka. Cranberry. That's just a vodka cran, yeah. Literally just had a conversation about this. Uh, it's it is oh a little bit of a control con contr- contr- control. Contro and then some lime juice is what triple I'm sec. Also yeah. triple sec. Well, I think that's or is that the same thing? They're kind yeah, of the same thing. It's the brand, yeah. Yeah, so it's a couple things. That's a, uh, so it's a full cocktail. Um, but but no, I'm not calling that one my guilty pleasure. I want to say the lemon drop because the lemon drop comes with that sugared rim that you super duper don't need. Oh, I think you need it. I think it's good. Well, of course it's good. It's sugar. Okay, that's true. But like, it doesn't. I, I mean. It does enhance the the cocktail itself, I guess, but you don't need the sugar. It's a t- it would still be a tasty cocktail. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, I and it's like definitely it's definitely. Oh no, you know what? I'll take it back. But, like the sugar is what makes it a, a, a quote unquote girl drink because it cuts the uh, it cuts the boots. Right. I will say there is a fine line between a really good lemon drop and a shitty le- like a bad lemon drop is incredibly disappointing like you can have a bad cocktail and be like oh they kind of fucked it up but it's still tasty booze like a bad lemon drop is just dis- it's just like annoying you're like god damn it like 
<clears throat> you made it with like the cheapest vodka, like the fakest lemon flavoring, like. Ew. But yes. a good lemon drop is amazing. So I see. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I only order lemon drops at places where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I see you have one of those like industrial citrus reamers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, uh, it, it has to be a bougie bar. Like Sapphire on Hawthorne, assuming Sapphire is still there. I don't know. Yeah. On Hawthorne? Oof, I don't know. Way, like, way east Hawthorne, like, basically off Hawthorne kind of thing. Could not tell you. I think the only. There are only, uh, like, two places that I have been to east of 39th in the past two years, and. <clears throat> Your place is one of them. <laughs> I was going to say, one of them is my place? Yep. No, three places. The other place would be Beans. And oh. then and then um, the area where my vet is at. Okay. Well, if you ever want a lemon drop, I can guarantee you come to my place. I'll make you a good one. There, there we go. Uh, I'll be right there. <laughs> I'm on my way. That was your on the way sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what my bougie... Oh no! Oh no! Bex says uh, she once got a lemon drop, and they rimmed the glass with salt instead of sugar. No, that's a bad call, Ripley. And Mm. this is coming Mm -hmm. from someone who used to eat like half a lime coated in salt. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's I'm all about the citrus and salt combo, but that is not the way you do that. Yeah, no. Um, That's okay, Aaron. You don't have to make me a drink because you already did. Oh, hey, except uh, I didn't make that one. Oh, no, you're right. This is not a 400 gram. <laughs> Never mind. It was the last thing in my fridge. That's. Uh, I didn't actually take a good look. A ringing endorsement for RevBats. It was the last out. thing in my fridge. Free home delivery. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I officially represented the man, so. No, I know. I'm just I can say whatever that. I want. Deal with uh, that. Well, since I we're mean, on that, that topic. That was true anyway. Can I tell you something? What's it going to do? Fire me? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I, Nat. I love you. Please don't, I don't, please don't be sad. Uh, here we go. I don't like margaritas with salt. Oh, there's a chill on the crowd. I like. There's a. It's hard to argue this one because I'm like, okay, so then you're just drinking that crappy mix with no salt. No, no, no. I didn't say I'm having it with a mix, like a properly made Right, margarita. right. You, it, it, I'm on. talking about a real margarita. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you can come on, son. Salt. But, you know, I'm talking about going down to Azteca at happy hour and ordering Cadillac margaritas. And I know the, that even though it's the... With the tank, the bowl that's like this big. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's called Cadillac, it's still using that same neon yellow crap that they use in all the other varieties of margarita they just, that they, they offer. They just call it Cadillac because they put half an ounce of Grand Marnier in it so they could charge you $18. Yep. For like huh. Kool-Aid with a hint of liquor. Uh, no, I'd actually rather have Kool-Aid. Mmm. Kool-Aid. Tequila and Kool-Aid? Come on, who doesn't want that? Well, it depends on the Kool-Aid, I guess. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't want, I don't no. want that. But if you needed, to, if you had to choose, you had to choose. Do not want between the jug of margarita mix and a pitcher of freshly made Kool Aid mixed with your tequila. Which well, one? Which I mean, it's not like I drown it in the jugs. I would probably take the jug. I'm sorry. Not I, the... I, 
I'm having flashbacks to that South Park episode of <laughs> Casa Bonita. No, like your choices are a turd sandwich or a whatever the other thing was that was equally shitty, literally. I mean, not that I want to talk because I have made, and I sometimes, this is all I'm craving, are, of course, bucket margaritas. And what that is, is a, uh, you know, whatever, a, a bottle of like, Barely mid-range tequila. Like I still won't go near Cuervo. By the way, you have to own a bucket for this. Yeah, there. Mm-hmm. Okay, a real bucket. A real bucket, clean, sanitary bucket. Uh, so a jug, like a bottle of tequila, mid-range, whatever you know. Um, and then like, what is it? Like the half gallon or the gallon of like fucking lemonade or limeade from the store. Uh. uh- do you, are you talking about like the the like the powder packets or the concentrate no, no. from the freezer? No, like like buy it that's already made in the bottle. Oh, I okay. mean, I guess if you want to make your own, that's fine too. But it's got to be either lemonade or limeade. You know what I mean? You need that citrus. Sure. sure. Um, and then mm, also, there's limeade. a lot of ice. There's a lot of ice in this bucket. A lot mm-hmm. of ice in this bucket. Uh, also, get a soup ladle because this is the only way to be classy with it. Uh, and then you buy a six pack of Corona. And you dump it all into the bucket and just swish it about. And you just sit on your porch all day and just kind of ladle it into your cups while you chill out on the, you know, you just kind of lay out there under the sun, play some music. That's it. I've never wanted it to be summer more. Right? See? You know how I feel about summer. I know. You hate it. But at the same time, I'm also picturing uh, a shitty sombrero and uh, yes. stereotypical music. So we can fire up some Tejano music. I will fill my inflatable pool. We'll get some sombreros and we'll get lawn chairs and just sit in the pool with our lawn chairs and put the bucket in the middle of the pool and just ladle it. <laughs> and then about every couple hours, we just order tacos. Yes. Oh, and then that, that new place is going to be right down the street from you. Oh, shit, yeah. We are taking an entire month off. <gasps> every every Tuesday of July. Taco Tequila Tuesday? <laughs> triple T. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we won't live stream that sometime. <laughs> but it doesn't count as official content. No. It's just, it's just our shenanery. Although we do have to record these commentaries soon. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm like, we're running out of months to do that in. Yeah, we are. We... Uh, I don't know what we've gotten for solicitations for movies either. Yeah, yeah we'll have to I think we've only got a couple. So, so nerds, uh, we gave you a homework assignment. Yeah, I love the audience, but they are—they are some of the laziest listeners out there. Dude, you, no, don't just, just don't I'm give them an them. out. Don't give them an out. Come on, what do you guys want to hear us do? You want to do it? I think yeah, we have giving, a. We're I, giving you the choice. I think we have a Rome. I think uh, Anton. Of Asylum gave us a, a romance, I think. Uh, was that in the emails? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yep. Like, there are four of you in the chat right now. Like, there's six of us, but two of them are Denise and myself. Right. I see how it is. Uh-huh. Which is weird, because, like, Twitch is like, you have 30 people watching right now. I'm like, okay, that's great. Guess they're just oh, maybe, Six of them are you. Them. Wait, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, no, they're out there. They're just being quiet, I guess. Are you about to ask, what are we going to do on the show tonight? Because that was about what I was going to ask. Yep, do it. 
So, what are we doing on the show tonight? I thought this was it. Yeah, pretty much. This is this is the show. Uh, we are gonna spend some time on the new season of Avatar. New, new, new to us. We're in we're in season two now. Season two, the first four episodes of season two. Yes, I, I think that's what we be it. to. Not Planet Asia. Uh, Planet Asia, but with like, um, like you know, Appalachian Hicks. Say that again. Uh, you know, like hillbillies. Oh yes, yes, That's we definitely yeah. encounter some some hillbillies. Uh, in in one of these episodes, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. This world has the weirdest animals. Pra- too. <laughs> what do they call it? Like swamp prairie chickens or something. There's the possum chickens. Possum chicken. That's what I was thinking about. Um, and then there's the um, catfish alligators and the, and the catagators. Yeah. They both sound delicious. Oh, I would yeah. fry all of them. Oh, man. Catfish alligator would actually be really, really good. Is it like catching them and killing them would be tough. <laughs> yeah. That's a really dense white meat, too. Catfish mm-hmm. and alligator. Mm-hmm. Would take to a good solace. Maybe like eating swordfish, I would think. A little bit. With that rep, with that herpentile flavor to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're talking Avatar. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about? I don't know if we have time. We're already 20 minutes, 25 minutes into this. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> oh, I will say this, and you've already heard me. Um, listeners, if it's playing anywhere near you. Yes, I know we're still in a pandemic. Do what's safe for you. However, go see everything, everywhere, all at once. Just go. Go yeah. see it. But, but where should we start? Uh, and I'm hiding her now. She's being punished. Like I, I'm Sorry. a little bit embarrassed about that. Banned. Banned. No, for real, though, do you want to give us... uh, I think, Cable, you're the only one who's had a chance to see it so far. Do you want to give us some um, non-spoilery reasons to see it? No, No, absolutely not. Not even a Um, review, but just like a... uh, Absolutely. No, there's nothing. Like, I can't... There's nothing I can say. There's nothing that I can do to convince people. Um... It is I mean, a if the trailer didn't do it for you to begin with. Like, they had me at um, Yolchu King and Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh, those are the stars. And, and again, reminder to our listeners, when I say Yolchu King, I am talking about Michelle Yeoh. Um, but yeah, having those two, the first trailer I saw months ago... <laughs> Um, have the two of them and I'm like okay done I don't even know what the hell this is about I'm watching it um, followed by oh um, Kehui Kwan is in it whom everyone else will remember as short round from Indiana Jones mm-hmm. um, it's like well I was already going off of the first two now I'm really going so it, yeah we saw it on Sunday it was it was everything. Yeah, I am definitely going to check it out. I'm super excited for this. 
So yeah, do do yourself a favor, go see it. It's a it's a thing. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about it for a very very long time. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out for sure. Um, when <clears throat> we do get around to a spoiler full discussion about the movie, discussing it is still not going to do any, any <laughs> justice. It just isn't. You just want someone to, yeah. to squee with you. Yeah. Um, I watched an interview with uh, Yo Chu King about uh, her most iconic roles, and the last thing that she talked about was everything everywhere. And when she started talking about it, you know, she's very composed and talks at length about all of the movies and what they meant and what they meant to her and what they they mean to the larger society. And and when she started talking about this, like less than 30 seconds into it, she's doing this. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. And he just keeps talking, but doing this under her glasses. It's like, what's going on? What's going on there? Um. And like two minutes later, she just full blown has to stop and compose <laughs> herself because she's just crying, talking about how much this means, how much the movie meant to her. Wow. I, yeah, I, the, from the very first time I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Um, I think that my favorite comments or like internet thing regarding the movie is uh, someone was trying to say, like, Look, I didn't know how it would feel about everything everywhere all at once because the people who made it also made Swiss Army Man. And so, like, but I really, really mm-hmm. loved it despite the fact that I couldn't connect with Swiss Army Man. Mm-hmm. And the the creators, I forget their names, Daniels, the Daniels. Daniels yeah. uh, like tweeted back and were like, if you can't appreciate us at our farting corpse, then you don't deserve us. At our, uh, you know, like masterpiece, like, like, the, like the recreation of, you know, the art, <laughs> the, their transcending film. Um, <clears throat> and I, for one, thought Swiss Army Man was brilliant. And you know how I feel about farts. So. Yes. Well, I think even um, Kehu Quad mentioned that on the They Call Us Bruce podcast. When he was like, I, I still, I have no idea really what Swiss Army Man was about, but if you can hold me. 90 minutes with a farting corpse, then I know I want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to listen to that episode of They Call Us Bruce. Um, I I knew that it's like, nope, I'm going to listen to that after I've seen everything everywhere. I Spoilers, it's basically 50 minutes of the hosts gushing over how much they loved him as Short Round and Data. And having no idea what happened to his career, but happy he was back and being blown away when they find out he just moved behind the camera. It, but like for 20 minutes, all they tell him is like, you're, you're our greatest hero ever. Like, oh my God, you don't know what it's like to meet you right now. And he's like, oh, oh thank you. But okay, that's weird. That's just a... <laughs> too, much, too much, too much. It's because he, like, he's done other interviews where he's talked about the fact that it's like, I had convinced myself that I didn't like acting. Mm-hmm. And coming back to it, it's like, oh, I really do love acting. I just hated the bullshit Hollywood put me through. Yeah. That's why I left. I will also go on record yet again. I have said this before. Uh, Short Round is the only kid sidekick in cinema history that isn't annoying. And Mm -hmm. actually serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. And 
makes the main character and himself better for it. It just, he just is. There, fact. And I'm counting Robin in that, by the way. <laughs> Have we ever ha- actually had a an age appropriate Robin? I mean, in what is live age action? No, no because you have we you ever had like, a thirteen-year-old Robin? No, because that's animated not a, series. In live action, not in no. live action. No, because that in would a movie. look fucking messed up. It would. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the censorship of comics act. That's why he got a Robin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Avatar. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So the episodes that we are talking about today are the Avatar State, the Cave of Two Lovers, Return to Omashu, and the Swamp. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to start off by pointing out that uh, is that, I'm sure this is obvious to everybody else, but I hadn't really thought about it. All of the season one stuff was called Book One um, Water. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that ever going to change? <laughs> At the obvious point. New season, new book, and the new book is called Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I know you're probably supposed to, but like General Fong infuriated me in this. Like, it's pretty obvious five minutes in that Aang only enters the Avatar state when, under duress. Under extreme duress. Not him, but himself, but his friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, for being a military genius, like, General Fong should have fucking recognized that. Yep. So the... I'll do the quick the IMDb synopsis. Aang and friends arrive in the Earth Kingdom to begin his earthbending training, but a local general convinces Aang that all he needs to do is learn to control his Avatar state. Azula, Zuko's sister, arrives to escort her brother and uncle back to the Fire Nation. I I think this season is, or these episodes are also where suddenly the B-plot of Zuko draws my attention more than whatever's going on with Aang. Right, because we know what Aang's end goal is. And by merit of the fact that all of season one was spent trying to get to waterbenders and learn waterbending, and now book two is called Earth. Like, okay, seems like this whole season is going to be about learning to become an earthbender. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of foibles and missteps along the way. Cool. Got it. And, and also that, that whole journey of like, you must go find a waterbending master. Well, your waterbending master is the person you've been traveling with the entire time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also that... It's like, oh, well, she learned quickly, so you get to teach the kid now. Right. Um, I'm also still back at, why Why does waterbending include ice? Anyway. Because it's water. Sure. The same reason why in D&D, a druid can kill you by destroying all the water in your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, whatever. It's water, just in a different form. What I found interesting was that um, so earthbenders can move earth and, and we've seen them like move rock 
and such. Mm-hmm. But um, plants, we meet someone who can move plants in this arc, um, but it's not because they're an earth thing. It's the water in the plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll, get, we'll get to that. That's mm-hmm. that's that other episode. <clears throat> yeah. But all this to say, like, okay, cool. We get it. What's going on with Aang and friends. But, like, what's what's going to happen with Zuko? Like, there's a lot less certainty with what direction he's going in. And that's why it's the more compelling story now. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we learn in this episode. Like, the Avatar state is... We get it. That that's that's his boss level thing, but we don't want to break that out all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Zuko, we finally meet Azula, who's his sister. Um, also, is that me or did they like really not want to say her name? Like, it took me like an episode and a half to finally get it. Azula. Yeah, and I'm like, when did I miss it? That it, and like I can't, and I, no one will use it now. Like, no one has said her name. If they've ever said it, I missed it probably that one time. I think they avoid trying to say her name because they don't want to draw her attention because she's fucking evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, she's she, she bad. Yeah, Admiral Zhao in season one, who definitely got everything that was coming to him, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, was awful. It, like, he was a terrible human being, clearly. Um, but Azula is cruel and you can sense it she enjoys it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the admiral was doing his duty to the extreme mm-hmm. but it was right. never it was never personal for him he, he was, was goal job. oriented mm-hmm. yeah but um and so yeah he didn't really care about like his methods in order to get the goal too much but but she actually like you can tell she and just enjoys being malicious and she loves that her brother has been cast out and failed. Mm-hmm. Makes her so happy that she can lord this over him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And has zero compunction about it. Like, hey, if you have to kill my brother, that's all right. Yeah. That's in bounds. Her intro is so great in this episode, too. You know, when she orders the captain to, you know, basically dock the ships and he's like, the tide's... They won't let us. And she's like, what do you mean they won't let us? Uh, if I throw you overboard, will the tides kill you? And he's like, yes. She's like, well, the tides have made their choice, so you need to make yours. <laughs> yeah, they're like, look. That's some, that's some baller made, shit. Yeah, like a very like almost poetic way of being like, I'm the one you need to be worried about. Like, literally forget that the earth might kill you just by being itself if you if you rub me the wrong way i will kill you so just just always be aware of that right yep um we also get to see an advanced form of fire bending which apparently is um electricity bending Yes, thank you for bringing that up. I was like, I've I only ever noticed her bending what looked like electricity, and I'm not mm-hmm. super clear what the um, like what's the lore there that they're gonna bust out and explain that with. Waterbenders can bend snow and ice. Firebenders can bend electricity, but for some reason, earthbenders can't bend metal because it's not earth, even that- though it's found in the earth 
That is bunk. Met- yeah. Metal should be part of earthbending. Yeah. For sure. Especially, like, that makes more sense than fire to electricity connection. I, I don't know. Because because thunder and lightning I know, I, fire? What? I feel like everyone except air should have influence over metal a little bit. Because if we have learned anything from the forging of the Sword of Atlantis in the beginning of Conan the Barbarian, the riddle of steel is is ice, uh, ice, water, uh, ice, fire, and earth. Get your white nonsense out of my magical Asians. Uh, the riddle of steel is universal. I'll have to <laughs> because it was when Conan was traveling with Asians that he learned what is best in life. I, I'll allow it only because Conan and Avatar The Last Airbender both share an actor. Mako. Oh, shit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cable allows it, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Take that beam. There we go. Fine. Whatever. Like your objection is noted, yeah, but in this particular case, <laughs> and, and then disregarded. I see. It's Fine. it's not disregarded. It's Mako overrules all. He is <laughs> he is the great and mighty Aku. I don't argue with Mako, the late Mako. Yeah. So. Uh, Spoilers. The uh, there's a in our Usagi RPG. There's a a, a character that I've named for him. FYI, BT Dubs. <laughs> awesome. Were you were you looking it up really quickly there, Bean? Was... <laughs> no, <laughs> I was pretending to write that down. You know, for okay for for advanced meta knowledge. She, she was hacking the internets. Just like um, fucking, just like Batman. Hack all the internet. I'm in. All right. Uh, oh, okay. So, um, back to Zuko real quick. Yes, of course. Um, I think this, like, again, like, goes back to, like, what you were saying, Cable, about uh, Azula's, like, cruelty mm-hmm. is, she, I mean, like, she has all, all means at her disposal, right? Because she's... She's the daughter of the Fire Lord. So, like, if he wants her to do something, he'll give her whatever resources she needs to make it happen. But instead of, like, forcibly trying to bring her brother back home, uh, she she tries to convince him with a fact that, that their father has, like, regrets banishing him and wants him to come home and, like, mm-hmm. what's more important than family which is particularly mean when like you like you just you don't even expect that from the kind of person that their father is. Yep. But that's all he wants, Zuko. Like you know that like in like in his heart of hearts he just wants his dad to love him. Yep. Which is I mean that's a valid thing. Parents yes. want the love of their your children want the love of their parents and vice versa and that's like, true. That's a wholly valid way. I, I appreciate the fact that the only thing that saved them is that uh, Iroh went, my brother said that? No, he didn't. That's not my brother. Well, my, well, brother's no. a dick. my brother's a dick. Technically, Iroh warned him, and Zuko's like, you're just being... He like lashed out at him hardcore. Yep. Uh, you're not my dad. It, it was that one of, one of the soldiers or generals 
like dropped the ball before they, you know, before they had actually secured the package mm-hmm. and they were able to fight their way out. I mean, granted, it helps that Iroh had already planted that seed, but Zuko did not want to hear that. We also did get to see like, oh, that right there. That's why you also don't cross Iroh because he's in, he's a brilliant military tactician and a very skilled like he looks like a frumpy yeah. old man he plays that up a lot he does and everyone falls for it and then he kicks their ass because he's a better hand-to-hand combatant than pretty yes. much most people they've encountered yeah arguably you could say that like no one's ever gotten the upper hand on Iroh. no i don't like, think we know so. there's this huge battle that he where he surrendered but like, I think we can like safely assume that he just didn't want to fight that fight. Like he's like, I don't even want to do this. I'm not gonna like keep fighting this probably unwinnable battle and kill people that don't need to die if I'm not invested in that outcome. I I would I would suspect that this battle that he lost, that he surrendered at, had nothing to do with the stakes of the actual battle. And he went, he looked at it more of like, if I win this battle, my brother takes over the world in two weeks. If I throw this, I delay him another five years. I'm going to throw this. That makes sense. He's, he has hit that point of, I need to do whatever I possibly can to slow down what my brother is doing because he's gone insane. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. He he yeah. is very much the voice of reason mm-hmm. uh, in in that family. He he's definitely walking the path of trying to make it so that the lesser of two evils is what happens to folks. It's like, yep, everything is awful. We and the Fire Nation is making it awful. It's not as awful as it it could have been. Mm-hmm. Which we too gonna get hints about in uh, the third episode when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's episode two, uh, <clears throat> the cave of two lovers. Definitely a little bit of a not a, not a filler episode, but um, what's the term? Kind of kind of a bottle episode. Sort of. Um, sort of I've... a character growth episode. Yeah. A little character growth. It, this is another one of those. If you just listen to soka everything would have been fine (laughs) (laughs) which is so weird i just like i'm still not ready for him to be like the one you should listen to he anytime he's presented with anything that is supernatural he's like nope this is bullshit um with the exception of like it's like i can do these things it's like yeah but you're the avatar and that's avatar bullshit so it doesn't count (laughs) right (laughs) avatar bullshit doesn't count everything else is bullshit (laughs) i mean and i will say like i those hippies were annoying. I, I did not. I would not have wanted to have been in a traveling party with those hippies. Oh, man. And they no, were man. my favorite. <laughs> of course they were. God damn it. All right. You got this. It was a party of bards. It was a bard That's party. That's right. It was a bard party, man. <laughs> I forgot the last line. Oh, I got it back. To die. Die. I what I appreciated about this episode is not 
not the character growth and, and things that went on in it. Those were fine, but it was the fact that much like the, um, when they had to travel through the Canyon with the two warring clans, Mm -hmm. it was an opportunity for them to teach us more about the history of this world. Um, and in this particular case where earthbenders came from and, you know, why the city is named the one thing and, and, and where everyone came from. So it's like, that. Ah, ah, that's neat. It's like, yeah. I, I do appreciate yeah. when you can incorporate more world building into your, um, your narrative and still have progression for your characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But overall it was, it was a goofy episode, but it was fun. It, it was, was really it was fun. fun. Yeah. Do we think that Aang and Katara, when the dark, when the lights went out, before the before the glowing rocks came on, you think they mm-hmm. kissed? Oh, of course they did. You think so? Yeah, I do. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either because, as one who in his youth uh, often blew his shot by saying something completely stupid when the opportunity when the offer to kiss someone was there. Uh, you don't get that shot back like within the next twenty minutes. If if you get it back, you gotta you gotta kind of take a while. I mean, yeah, he kind of messed up right before that moment, <laughs> but it was still a total moment. Um, yeah, I guess. I I cannot decide if I think they did or didn't. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know because then everything that what happened immediately after was like just like very okay. We're going this way now. You know, like this is what's happening, and uh, yep, that's that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't screwed up so bad where my choices were kissing the person or dying, <laughs> but I I have missed signals horribly before. You know, so yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad says they did, so so there's that. Uh, I mean, I want them to have because I'm a softy, but. It's still kind of weird for me because I do very much see Katara as a young woman, but Aang as a little boy. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I know I know they're essentially peers, but like just in terms of like personality slash maturity levels, he just oh yeah, because they're like a year young. apart. <laughs> they're a year like a year maybe two apart in age, but it, it goes to show you it's like yeah, this is what they mean when they say. Um, Girls mature faster than boys. Uh, another thing I enjoyed about this episode was the um, the introduction of some more new weirdo animals to include wolf bats and badger moles. Badger, badger moles. moles are mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Badger, 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 wolf bat, wolf bat. Um, <laughs> oh, way to take us back to early days. Of <laughs> Good job. Uh, and then, of course, the B plot. Um, Iroh poisons himself on accident because he can't distinguish plants, uh, you know, like one plant from another. Uh, and then they end up having to go to an Earth tribe village to get medical attention, even though they're trying to lay low right now. Yeah. Uh, but they they meet a um, they meet a doctor type person a healer i don't know exactly what she like what her occupational title is but uh, they just call her a healer i don't think she's ever given a name i mean her name is song uh oh but, well, that's right but i just i don't remember like how they refer to her in her profession uh not, not that that's like the most important thing here though the thing that was important is that she 
she thinks she kind of can relate to um, Zuko as someone who has been hurt by the Fire Nation, and and that's that's true, and it isn't. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's like a like a, a, a lovely complicated situation there where like they need help and they are trying to lay low and someone is trying to like connect with them on on a somewhat visceral level you know like the the war has impacted everyone all over the world mostly negatively mm-hmm. um and while zuko can relate to that <clears throat> also kind of a cause of a lot of those problems that people have so it's mm-hmm. i'm sure he's feeling very conflicted and then uh you know to to thank that family for their generosity uh when they leave he steals their bird dinosaur mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i appreciate that that him doing that i'm sure if i was a child watching it was like, but he changed. He did it. It's like, no, he's still consistently believes that he is owed these things. He's, he has not yet learned that humility. Mm-hmm. He's going to, right. but at this point he's still, he, he sees himself as temporarily disgraced, not on a completely different path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that is just, uh, the first the first taste he gets of essentially well i don't have everything i deserve anymore so i'm going to take the things that i feel mm-hmm. i deserve uh which pushes us into the next episode yeah uh... which is return to omashu which we folks will remember from the first season is the capital city of the earthbenders where Ang's old buddy Boomy, now King Boomy, resides. Oh, sorry. What? So, return to Omashu is finding the city of Ang's old friend King Boomy, captured by the Fire Nation. The heroes hatch a plan to rescue Ang's earthbending teacher. Azula gathers two old friends to help her hunt the Avatar. So, Azula starts putting her own little band of uh, ragtag killer children together. I did literally write down Azula is getting the gang back together for one last heist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's also still kind of a dick about it too. <laughs> yes. Uh, another, yeah, we get another really great example of uh, Azula's cruelty here because she, she seeks out a friend of hers who is now like in a traveling circus type thing, mm-hmm. asks her to join her to help, you know, help her track down the, av- no, track down her brother, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is what she's asking help with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her friend's like, you know, I'd love to, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy where I am right now and then like things are going really well. So I don't want to lose that. Uh, literally sabotages her friend to make her change her mind. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way that's like super manipulative too, because you know, she, this, this young lady oh, is it's into super, it's super mean. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, I, I thought it was actually, in in the moment of the scene, I thought it was like obvious that she was the one like making it difficult, but I guess the friend wasn't aware of that. And she's like, "I'm getting all of these signs that are telling me that maybe it's time for me to move on." No, that was her. 
saying she acknowledges the fact that Azula is the reason that she's doing this. She's just can't say that or Azula will have her killed. Oh, is that, I didn't mm. read it that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, her take the, the way she kind of represents is like, Oh, I'm, I'm just innocent. And I, I'm uh, like, she's not like she comes across that way, but she's not an idiot. It's like, oh, you you knew exactly what happened and why. And she's like, nope, I'm I get it. Oh, the fates, the fates to, and uh, destiny is pointing me in another direction because you ordered my net set on fire, you bitch. <laughs> no, I mean, that that tracks for sure. Yeah. I mean, like you think about the fact that, like, obviously, she's this gal has some traits that Azula finds useful uh, and Azula does not have a, a light touch. So even though nope. this character seems sweet and innocent, obviously that can't be true or they wouldn't be friends. Azula, right. wouldn't, Azula wouldn't need her type of help. Or or want it. Like Yes. She's friendly with both of these girls, but none of these girls are they're not friends. They are useful to Azula, and the other two know that that's the only thing that keeps them alive. I mean, and in, in power. Does she even have friends? Could she even have friends? No, I don't think she does. No. Um, I was going to say, like, once again, this is another episode where the B plot is more interesting than the the A plot, but I don't necessarily know that that's true because Aang and his friends uh, sneak into the city of Amashu, uh, end up with uh, resistance fighters, you know, mm-hmm. who you know who are trying to fight back against the Fire Nation folks who have taken over. Uh, Aang accidentally kidnaps the Fire Nation governor that they put into place as this baby. Uh, and oh, well. so then there has to be a hostage trade-off. Um, so that's a lot of craziness. Uh, and there's the plot to get all of the citizens out of the city. And the the way to do that is uh, to fake a plague. Yeah, there was some Shaun of the Dead shenanigans there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that, that got... That escalated quickly, that whole plot line. It was fun. I had fun. I thought it was fun. It it was it was lighthearted for something that was kind of a serious mission. Yeah. Which then, you know, amps up the uh the stakes when we get to the climax of the episode and um Team Ang meets up with Team Azula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, the and they're like, oh, off. yeah, and they're like, oh crap, this is this is not going to go well. And up to this point, Azula had no idea what Aang looked like. Correct, because she was fooled by a hat. That's right. <laughs> look, if Clark, it look look the glasses work on Clark Kent, so the hat's even more effective. But the, like, she hadn't at this point. She hadn't been hunting Aang. She's been hunting Zuko. Right. Yes, that's true. So this it's is her first like encounter. Lucky with... break for yep. her. And that's why she ends this episode with like, we now have 
two targets. Mm-hmm. It's like the first target is Zuko and my uncle, but the second target is now the Avatar. It's like this I was sent re- to get one thing. I'm going to go back with all three. This is uh, this will really get me in with my dad, <laughs> kind of thing. And Aang also pick up picks up the lesson uh, of like biding your time and waiting for the right time to strike. Because even though he does manage to get uh, his friend King Bumi away from the Fire Nation people, um, they do not end up leaving together. Because he's like, it's not the right time yet. Yeah, the, he talks about uh, it, it's a very Zen philosophy where it's like if you do this one thing it causes positive energy if you do this other thing it causes negative energy it's like I, but i have to do one of the two he's like no the third path is do nothing and create no energy there's none if you do nothing then nothing happens right there is a neg there is not a negative or positive effect there is a null effect and then you can wait which mm-hmm. i really i really kind of like that yeah, that I think that's like when you're first in, were first introduced to Boomy in the first season. He's just goofy and and um, weird. Uh, yeah, but I I do like this. He's like he is definitely a philosopher king. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's over a hundred years old. He better mm-hmm. have accumulated some wisdom in all that time. <laughs> yeah. This but I true. like that. I like that approach, though. Mm-hmm. It's a good approach. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Then, it's it's not always. It, it is important to fight for for yourself and your people. But if you know you can't win, maybe you know, just, just maybe hold off a little bit. It was that. It was like that. Shades of Obi Wan, where it's all like they're all alternative ways to fighting, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And then that brings us to the last, or not the last episode, but the fourth episode, The the Swamp. swamp. (laughs) This episode. Aang hears a swamp calling to him. In the swamp, Aang and the gang. Oh, that's awful. No, I'm sorry Mm -hmm. I said that aloud. Uh, find, Find out that this is not any natural swamp. Um, I didn't like this episode. I, well, I mean, like, which part did you not like? The there's not uh, a whole lot to it. There's not the heavy-handed mysticism, the the swamp <laughs> hillbillies, um, the dirt nato that sweeps them up. Yeah, that all that. <laughs> it um, it felt like this is the first time that Avatar kind of screwed up on cultural and ethnic issues. Yeah, yeah, that's a even the it was the big swing and a miss for this one. Yeah, even the Zuko plot felt bad. Yeah, I yeah, I would argue that what we saw in this episode is the natural progression for Zuko. Again, he like deep down he's a good guy, but he has a lot of reasons to want to be a bad guy. And now, like, we just spent, the, you know, that one episode seeing how he's, he is now officially disgraced. He doesn't, he no longer, he, long, he no longer has access to the things that he's always felt he deserved. Mm-hmm. And he's embraced it to a bit because he cut off his hair. 
Yeah, but this is also the episode where it, his uncle is trying to show him a different path of like, I know this is like, I know begging for coin is not what we do, but I'm begging for coin. And right. the he episode to- ends with Zuko basically going out after the guy that embarrassed his uncle. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, that is like that dude's behavior was abhorrent. Yes, we get that. But the lesson that we then teach through Zuko is, so you should go beat him up. Right. Yeah. Zuko I mean, didn't learn anything. Yeah. Right. But no. And I mean, like that's, that happens all the time. Like, if real a realistic character progression is often two step or you know one step forward two steps back um right. think about what's his face on prodigy like how slowly and how like how much work oh, it is to get him to change you know like the way he perceives the world and how he treats the people around him even when he says he cares about them that is a very good comparison yeah. like, <laughs> I, it took me damn near the whole season to get around to being on team Dal. Cause mm-hmm. man, that kid. Ugh. And, and I think that it's like a really realistic way to portray uh, a young person like, like Zuko. Like, it, he's had a lot of hard, nasty shit happen to him in his life. And granted he does have, you know, like a, like a, a fairy godmother, like, you know, like be better type person in Uncle Iroh. But one, uh, one annoying old uncle is not going to negate all of the nasty shit that happens to Zuko keeps happening. And, you know, and, and obviously he has a lot of pride, which he gets from his family and to see his uncle be humiliated on purpose, Mm -hmm. just so that they can have something to eat is just, a bridge too far for him i get it i totally it makes absolute sense to me that he's like nope you don't treat us you don't you don't treat me or my family like this we deserve better you're a piece of shit here we go all right i yeah but that also i think the big tragedy is that that means he doesn't get his uncle's lesson at all not yet no but I know. it's only the beginning of the season true so it's I, it's not like this is like this is like a one-way road that he cannot diverge from anymore. Um, I, I'm certain that he will at some point, but not yet. He has to, you know what? He has to hit rock bottom. Maybe, you know, he has to like really go down the wrong path before something really gets him to see there's a better way to be. Oh, I think he's going to hit bottom hard eventually. I don't yeah. know what happens in the show, but I mean, yeah. it would make the most sense. Oh Yeah. Uh, I, I, Bean's argument is cogent and has brought me around. I agree with her. <laughs> yes. Um, no, yeah, it just, it made sense. And that me. internet is what debates actually look like. <laughs> and disagreements on opinions actually look like and how you resolve them. <laughs> yeah. I can get why Zuko did it. I can still not like it. Yeah, that's fair. No, I don't think you're supposed to like it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the, the point is made though, that that was still the more compelling thing that happened in this episode. Than, Absolutely. Um, 
going then, deliverance then sit, on this episode. They've been sitting around the, the Avatar Hillbilly Fire talking about their favorite things to eat. Yep. And yeah. eating bugs. and Yeah, uh, eating bugs and stuff. And also just that like super, uh, what even is the word? Like just like almost trite. Oh, well, you know, this this swamp isn't really a swamp. It's just this one tree. So everything is connected. Just like we are on this earth as as humans. I'm like, okay, yeah, we get it. Thanks, nutter. Fucking swamp nutter. <laughs> yeah, that that did that felt very much like, you know, every time white people say namaste. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh... <laughs> Woo. That seems like a good spot to <laughs> stick the landing on this week's Avatar stuff. Uh, I I do want to say, though, that I'm the little bit that's in there that I'm interested in them exploring more is, wait, what do you mean there's more than the northern and southern water tribes? You mean there's an, there's more water tribes and they're unaware of one another? So that that is a good point. Like we, we I, did not expect that. Yeah, I, I look for yeah because when they started water bending their boats, it's like, wait, why are these water benders? They're right. All the water benders live in the north or south. Apparently not. So this is going to be, and that means what can right? And then <laughs> and and then they we lost it all over again. Uh, I also wanted to point I'm not even out sure what direction the punch that is. I did. <laughs> That that's that seems like a very backhanded, um, <laughs> yeah. very uh, a backhanded slap with no, f- you know, force behind it, and the hand happens to be wet. You don't know why. It's not. Be- <laughs> it's it's, it's, uh, it's, it's because like that- they just washed their hands. That's the only reason oh. their hand is wet. It's like that Taylor Swift song. Yes. You're going to have to give me more than that. There's a lot yeah. of Taylor Swift songs. Uh, the one, well, I, I guess it's not so much the song as it is the music video, which is like a bunch of angry rednecks who like, I don't know, hate LGBTQ people. And so it's just like angry, ugly white folks like dressed up like rednecks, like like mad at like pride rallies or something like that. That's it. That's I, all I, got. I don't yeah, know what this one is. No. Uh, Although I am tempted to call this episode, it's just like that Taylor Swift song. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I learned something weird uh, last week through, I think, Instagram. So, Zach Tyler Eisen, who plays Aang, mm-hmm. was born in 1993. This show came out in 2005. Uh, ugh. And apparently Eisen lives in New York. The rest of the cast lived in L.A. All of Zach's work, all of Eisen's work on this show was done in New York, never meeting any of the rest of the cast. So added to the character's sense of loneliness is the actor not actually ever getting to play against any of his co-stars. Yeah, that's did the rough. rest of the cast get to voice in room together? I don't know that they did, but they were at least in a space where they could all meet each other. Mm. Interesting. Uh, mm. Like in 2005, this kid would have been 12. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Hi Manju. 
Manju says hello. Hi, Manju. So yeah. that's a so that's a weird thing about this show to know. It's like it's oh, interesting though. I, I feel I feel bad for the kid. That's a really good job, actually, in having not ever been able to interact though. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just like yeah. I'm curious, like how much acting work he had done before that, and like does he know? Like maybe it he, was normal to him, you know? I don't know. He he apparently started acting in 1999, so when he was six. Wow. <laughs> yep. Huh. That's impressive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kid actors, they happen. Yeah. Ron Howard, Jodie Foster. <laughs> I mean, is he still an actor now? Uh, I believe so. I closed the tab on him. But, I did uh, too. <laughs> That's fine. It's all fine. Yeah. History. Where is his tab? Tyler. Zach Tyler Eisen. Uh, his most recent work was. Music videos with Lady Gaga and Lana Del Rey. I don't think he is currently acting anymore. I think Avatar was the last thing that he did. Wow. Yeah. May not have been his thing, you know. Early early retirement. Anyway. Yep. Don't yeah. know. Well, cool. And then next week we've got two episodes I think we're going to do. Avatar Day and Bandit. Yeah, we'll do two more episodes. Um Hmm. Uh, we had it on the schedule for tonight, but I think we just kind of glossed over it, and it's fine. We can all spend a week going over notes. We've passed the "it's been in the theater for a month" mark. We can we can totally spoil the shit out of the we Batman. If finally, we nerd out over the Batman. well because I think by next week it will be dropping on HBO Max. Also, I believe that is correct. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So that'll be good. Sure, we can do that. Yep. Uh, we're hitting the halfway point of Moon Knight tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what I'm, else? I is... think I'm behind on that. Uh, I think three quarters of the way through Picard season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That oh man, that last episode just it. I, I had that realization of like they named that the character that he's interacting with in the past has the same name as his fucking brother. It's his That's brother. Mean. Yeah. That is really mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> anyway. Um, yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff coming down the pike. Like, Yeah, I, we got Stranger uh, Worlds, Obi-Wan. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, there's a couple movies coming out this later this month, actually on the same day, that... F- feel like they're within our wheelhouse and would be of interest if we end up seeing them separately what have you that would be the northman which stars a scars guard and anna taylor joy yeah and um and then the uh the the um i forget the full title but it's the the nick cage massive the nick talent cage movie. yeah oh man the unbearable weight of a massive talent that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so down for that one too. Uh, I think uh, if any of us see those, eh, we can probably throw some of those in there too. Yeah, yeah, and totally. I'm sure in a few weeks we'll also all be able to talk about uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Yes. Also, uh, speaking of Robert Eggers, I think after the Northman, the Northman, 
uh, he's trying to pull off a remake of Nosferatu. Okay. I just love all the shit this dude does. I, what else has he done? Uh, the witch, the lighthouse. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that's all I need to know. Yeah. I still have to watch the lighthouse. Maybe I'll do that. That's so. a good one. That's the one that turned me around on Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Mm. It's a, it's a hell of a movie. I've I heard. I, I, I feel like I saw a trailer for the Northman and I was like, Ooh, hell yeah. But now I can't remember anything about it. Um, I will avenge you, father. I will yeah. save you, mother. I will kill I will, you. I will bad kill guy. you, uncle. Uncle. Maybe I, maybe I was yeah. just in it for the cast. Yeah, I, you, yeah, yeah. It's a, lots of lots of sweaty, tall, yeah. right, like Nordic white men. So you're, yeah. Scars. Yeah. It's Go got on. Ethan. It's yeah. got Ethan Hawke. It's got um, Nicole Kidman. Um, it's yeah, yeah. It's an impressive looking movie. Yeah, it looks pretty great. Um. And then oh. I know you guys talked about this last week, but I wasn't here. You get, you guys are liking Moon Knight so far? Oh yeah. oh yeah. I'm having a blast with it. Yeah, it's nuts. I my suspicion is this episode we're going to get uh is going to be a flashback heavy episode. So we get all the exposition mm-hmm. of what's come before. So right. that episodes four, five, and six can just be balls to the wall. Let's get the rest of the story out and be yeah. nuts. More yeah, nuts well, than it already has been. I I think I've only seen the first episode so far. I'm not sure how I'm behind, but I'm pretty sure I am. There's uh, well, because you were out of town. The right way to to yeah. put that for sure. You were on assignment. You were you were yeah. on an away mission. And That's I why. I, I it, went, there's only two episodes. Right so okay. I written. We watched. Was it the first episode that has the yeah the flashback or the the dream sequence with the cupcake truck? That's the that's yes. the first episode. Yep. So I went and rewatched that and like paused it a lot. So those cupcakes are from, or the word Von Doom is in that truck. What? Yeah. And that castle looks like Doom's castle. I think Conchu fucking took him to Latveria. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, because by now we're already dealing with multiverse shit. Like the, like... Because this is after No Way Home, which means the spell has happened and shit is happening. It just hasn't been the full floodgates yet. Yeah, that this is. I always only want this time chart when I want to know where, when exactly these things are happening. It's like, yeah. because everything is so tightly woven together, like mm-hmm. every single one of these dominoes. Um, tips the other one so it's like I, I want to know where this particular domino is in that sequence yeah. I know I would love a map a, a time map of all of this and then maybe someday we'll get 11 Thunder Trailer was it supposed there was to a reason it was delayed yeah I think it, it was supposed I think to they're intentionally I think they're gonna wait until Multiverse of Madness like why that's yeah like because one they more... did the same thing it's one more Sorry, carrot to get you to go to the theater Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then it'll be debut online. It is also why they waited so long to put out the uh, the episode for No Way Home in the first place. Like right. we still didn't get that until after the Eternals had already hit the theater. Also, do you think after Multiverse of Madness we will get 
a special on Disney Plus, we'll get the Gamora one-off or what if. Because I'd heard that's why they were holding it because of weird scheduling issues. The Gamora one if has such a big tie-in to multiverse that they decided not to do it. I think that's just going to be episode one of season two because season yeah. two is supposed to drop this year. Oh shit! Okay, well that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. I don't know when season two of Loki is supposed to hit, but like I think that's like next year. Is it? Yeah, because yeah. we've got Moon Knight, then Ms. Marvel, then What If? Yeah. And there's one more. I think She Hulk is still due this year, but we don't know when. And Secret Invasion early next year, I think. Jesus. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to need a map for all of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. Because you need that map just to go, wait, No Way Home happens just before Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Because the tree's still up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, it's dumb that that is the... It's like, oh, the tree's still up. And of course, everyone's still going, so why hasn't anyone talked about that? the, the, The big, you know, thing that started rising up out of the ocean in Eternals. (laughs) <laughs> ah, we'll get to it. Yep, it's fine. I watch a quick little vignette of some of the behind the scenes of Multiverse of Madness, and I know I'm a big old fanboy, but just watching Sam Raimi behind the camera at a movie like this just makes me so happy because you know it's that great Raimi voice. Like, yeah, like buddy, I, you hear it. There's what I say. Cut, buddy, perfect. I was like, there it is. <laughs> and I love that he still wears a suit on set. It's not That's a fancy a suit. It's a, it's pants, jacket, and a just plain black tie. But he almost always wears a suit to set. <laughs> it's his lucky suit. I'm oh, sure yeah. he's a superstitious man. Oh, man. Who do you think's driving the classic in multiverse? And is Bruce in it? Although someone fucking... Bruce Campbell retweeted it. It was clearly a Photoshop meme. But someone basically did a Photoshop of Bruce Campbell in the makeup chair, getting Dr. Strange makeup and being like, the multiverse is pretty strange. And I was like, okay, you're not, you're not playing an alternate Dr. Strange, but you're going to be in this movie somewhere. I don't know. I like, I don't, I don't want to speculate too much because I just expect, I expect anything at this point. Yeah. You know, after uh, No could, Way Home, anything he, and everything could happen. He could be his same character from the Raimi Spider-Man movies. He could play he the could usher. Be. Just fuck it. Just the same guy who's been pulled into this universe. <laughs> I, I, I'm the man spider? That's a horrible name. You'd be the, amazing. The amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. But I'm trying to think. Who's going to... As a, I mean, the classic could just drive by or something, but I try to imagine if like someone's driving it. I don't know. Hmm... Wanda. <laughs> or Juan. The awesome. Yeah. I yeah, have to stay inconspicuous. I'm the Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> <coughs> it seems frivolous to use sling rings to go uptown. Yeah. <laughs> How do you find parking? Magic. <laughs> I love the idea of him driving that. And when he can't find parking, he just goes and makes it disappear and brings it back to go driving. Mm-hmm. 
be awesome. Uh, yes, yes, I know. Let's wrap up the show. How dare you? <laughs> uh, no, but for reals, it's a uh, it's a show, right? Yeah. Yes, this is a show. This is well. With that, I am Aaron Duran. I'm Vinarita. And I am Cable Hashtani. And we will talk to everybody next week. <laughs>